headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Our phone number here is 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. George Camel, Ramsey personality, host of the George Camel Show on YouTube and co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour and author of the brand new book that launches today, Breaking Free from Broke. He is my co-host today. And today is book launch day around Ramsey. I hear we're putting George's new book into the wild officially. It's been shipped and a bunch of you should be getting it in your mailboxes today or tomorrow, depending on where you live and how all that works. Breaking free from broke, the ultimate guide to more money and less stress. The pre-sales on this were excellent. Thank you guys for participating with us on that. And for those of you that haven't gotten the book, uh, well, this would be a great week to go ahead and get it. Breaking free from broke. And, uh, George, this has been quite a project. You guys have done, uh, the, the, the research that went into this book and the, uh, new things that we did with the audio book. There's a lot of things that we did here that we've never done before. I like to do things the hard way, apparently, Dave, and uh, it's always worth it in the end, but it can be a grind to get there. And this one review sums it up, which is so beautiful. Uh, self-deprecating, honest, data-driven and pop culture filled. I'll take that. That's exactly what I aim to do. Can we write a, a money book that's easy to understand, conversational, relevant. funny, relevant, and data-driven? And I think we yeah. accomplished all of that. It is. It, it does have all that. I mean, a data-driven uh, automatically sounds boring to me Sure. when you say that. But, uh, when, well, it, it's when just you put not it, my opinion. When you put it in there with George's snark and his pop culture references, uh, suddenly it comes alive. We bring it to life. And yet the audiobook, I read it myself. A lot of people are asking, and the team did an amazing job with sound design and effects. And you even hear Dave pop in at random points with some quotes. And so we just tried to bring it to life. I, I love audiobooks, and I think if you love audiobooks, you're going to enjoy this. But the hardcover, if you pre-ordered, came with all of that for free. So you got the email this morning, which is very exciting. So it's like Christmas morning for me. I couldn't sleep last night, Dave. It's exciting. I was it's pumped, great. amped up for the, the feedback and to see how many people break free from broke in 2024. Well, and, and, and doing a book is a, uh, I mean, it's a task. There's a lot of work involved. You've been, we've been fooling with this for a year. Over a year, yeah. And, um, it, it, you know, getting one out into the wild is, as you can throw them out there or you can do them properly. And we do them properly here at Ramsey. And this is your first one. So, I mean, you had a baby this year and you birthed a book. And I literally so, submitted the final as we were in the delivery room, Dave. It, oh was a, it was a real nail biter. Yeah. But I mean, your first book is not unlike your first kid in a lot of ways. I mean, mm. it's a lot of, whew, it's a little scary. It's super exciting. It's all of those things at once. And congratulations. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Well, I, I like to say that I'm a turtle on a fence post. We have an amazing team here at Ramsey. You've built an amazing platform with amazing fans. And I just hope this book can carry the torch. You called it financial peace for the next generation in the forward. And I feel like that's what we're doing here. We are taking this message and making it even more relevant and showing people it's still possible and that the principles still work. Now, those of you that have friends that are uh, sick of Dave. <laughs> Who could be and, sick and his, of Dave? And his uh, boomerisms. Uh, well, that's fine. Well, now you've got George and millennialisms uh, saying the same thing in a lot better, uh, a lot more culturally relevant ways because he actually cares. 
<laughs> yeah, Dave's like, I haven't seen a movie since I'm just, 2003. I'm just like, get off my lawn. That's it. So uh, with undeniable research and data, Georgia exposes the most common money myths and excuses head on. Credit card schemes, investment traps, mortgage myths. All of this you hear promoted nowadays on Instagram, on TikTok. Uh, YouTube, bad stuff out there floating around on some of these platforms and uh, really nasty results if you actually infect yourself with it. And uh, you're going to get the knowledge and the confidence to break free from a system and some people that believe lies uh, so so that you you know you don't end up broke because there, there are real villains out there in this story. Oh, absolutely. And you've been fighting those villains for years, Dave. But now, back in back in the day, it was radio. You had to have a book. Now everyone with an Instagram account can just be spewing this crap out there to get clicks and views and get them to buy their insurance product. And so I just want to help people clear the noise and go, it's so simple to build wealth if you just change your inputs, change your paradigm, and start creating the right habits. Yeah, I mean, com- common sense can can show up in any generation or generations, and it has really over the years. And so now it's shown up definitely for the millennial, the Gen Z, and whoever else wants to read Breaking Free from Broke, The Ultimate Guide to More Money and Less Stress. Yeah, pick it up, guys. It's uh, it's very, very well done. Very proud of it. Also, every book includes a special offer uh, for you to get three months of the premium version of every dollar, which includes the bank connectivity, the paycheck planning tool, all of that uh, for free. Three months free, and uh, basically there's QR codes in the book that allow you to do that, right? You scan the QR code, it takes you right to the page, you enter your email, and you've got an account set up. And I wanted this to be so practical and applicable that you read the book and you put it down and then go actually follow the plan. You actually create the budget for 90 days, which is how long it takes on average for folks to get the budget dialed in. And that's really the crux of this money plan. You want to live on less than you make, you got to make a plan for your money. And that comes down to doing a budget. So it's one of the chapters in there. It's not a book about budgeting, but there's a big chapter called Budgeting is Freedom that will help you uh, get a grasp on what it takes to finally get your money dialed in. The endorsements we got for it are um, pretty phenomenal. Damon John from Shark Tank, our friend Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, Graham Stephan, one of the biggest YouTubers out there today, our friends The Minimalists. And of course, Rachel Cruz, she has to endorse it though, because she had to, you, know, you, you sit next to her and you would have bopped her on the head, right? She was happy to, but I also forced her and yeah. Dave, some of them didn't even make it to the back cover. We had John Maxwell. We had Seth Godin. We had Willie Robertson from Duck Dynasty. So many people were kind enough to, to write a good word about it after checking it out and saying, I endorse this. I'm going to put my name behind it because I think it's going to help people with their money this year. Yeah. Very cool. So launch day around Ramsey. We don't always take a segment for books, but we always do on launch day. means so, a lot. Um, we're going to do that for sure today and, ha- and have just to make sure you guys all know about this. Breaking Free from Broke, the ultimate guide to more money and less stress. You can get it anywhere great books are sold, including RamseySolutions.com or Amazon or your bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. All of them have got it. Um, we, you know, Most every book um, – outlet purchased them from us and and should have them on the shelves today for launch day so wherever you need to pick it up you can pick it up that way uh, certainly you can get in touch with us at ramseysolutions.com we'll take care of you all of them regardless of where you purchase it have that qr code inside that will give you three months of the premium version of every dollar that's for worth free. it alone that's that's that, that is a greater gift than the cost of the book exactly so, uh, that's a bargain 
That's a serious. But body. still read the book. It's it's worth a read. <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, breaking free from broke: the ultimate guide to more money and less stress. George Campbell's brand new book out today. This is the Ramsey Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past. But a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. George Camel Ramsey, personality, is my co-host today. Dake is with us in Savannah, Georgia. Hi, Dake. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? I wanted to, to ask your opinion here. Um, I'm getting ready to build my first home, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with, like, the barn dominium style, but that's what it's going to be. Yeah, sure. Um. It's on some family land. My dad's going to deed out like five acres. We own like 400, but I was wanting to know what's your opinion on, on borrowing against the land and what the value of the home would be. I'm going to be doing, I would say 85% of the work myself other than having, you know, buying the actual building and having somebody put it up. Um, that's about it. Maybe some tile work, but if you, if you could, if you got it appraised before, you know, going to get a bank loan, if I only truly needed 50 grand and they were willing to give me say 80, would you, would you take the 80 and kind of use it and, and, and speed up the process or would you only borrow truly what you need to get it started and slowly do it? Speed up the process. What do you mean? Get, getting the, getting the home, getting the home built. Oh, you mean hiring people to do it faster than you yes. would have done it by yes. yourself? Yes. Okay. All right. So that I, I, what I would like to do is, you know, are you married? I am not. I actually, actually, was in a relationship. She was, she was, she was great, but she was. Well, I was asking. I was not asking about you. I was just wondering about the the dynamic of the right. barn dominium. Okay, so uh, this is the, just for you, though. That that's that's good. The. Uh, um, all right. So, uh, okay. So, so, there's several thoughts coming to mind. The first thing is, um, what, what's your household income? What do you make? I'm a, an apprentice electrician. So right now, probably 35 a year, but that'll, I mean, yeah, that's based off of percentages. What I would top out as a journeyman. So 35 grand. What do you make next year? When, when do you finish your apprenticeship? I will be done about a year from now. Okay. What do you make after that? I could travel on the road. I could make anywhere between ninety to $200,000. Is that what you're going to do? Travel on the road? Yes. 
Yes. Okay. All right. So thirty thousand, if you're making ninety thousand, thirty thousand extra debt on a home is not that big a deal, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So if you want to hire out part of it done, and you want to have an eighty thousand dollar loan rather than a fifty thousand dollar loan, that's not the end of the world. No problem at all with that. Okay. Now, um, I do want you to think. How old are you? Twenty-four. Okay. I have a barn with a uh, an event barn on on our farm that's very nice with a nice really nice one bedroom studio apartment built into it a barn dominium if you will uh which basically is a very large doghouse if i decide if i get thrown out i can run over there okay i don't live there but it's it's the same concept all right uh but i have a five and a ten year plan for that property uh i'm thinking out into the future i didn't just randomly build it so i'm a little bit concerned that five years from today you meet someone and her goal in life is not to live in a barn. I understand that. I can so what are you going to do with it then? I would like to turn it into a, into a shop. You know, oh. if I, if I had to, okay. So if, if you, if was, you bought a home somewhere else and moved in, with your future wife 10 years from now, you would just keep this as a barn. I would use it as an office space. I don't plan on going anywhere, Dave. I'm, I'm pretty, um, pretty hell bent on it being, you know, home based for me for the rest of the life. It's on our family property. I love the area. I've loved growing up there and that's, you know, that's what I want and that's where I'm going to be. Okay. Well, I'm just presupposing that you might, marry someone that doesn't agree with that and they might want to live somewhere other than a barn and uh, you might not it's okay with me if you stay there i'm not mad at you for it but i just want you to have a good i want you to be very thoughtful about how this thing could be utilized in the future if it is not where you live and i want you to be thoughtful when you're designing this when you're building it about that and even when you're having discussions with your family about the fact they're giving you five acres out of their 400 to do this because you can really get in a pinch yeah this could end up being just very expensive office space one day and so that we just don't want you to step into something that's going to be hard to step out of and if you could pay cash for it i mean if you're going to be making 90 continue to live on less than you make you could be able to cash flow this whole thing well in or, a few or years. pay the 80 off in a very very short period of time and yeah. be debt free but yeah like two years or something these projects usually are more of a headache than you realize yeah it takes a lot more yeah tanner's in minneapolis hi tanner welcome to the ramsey show Hi, Dave. How are you doing? Better than I deserve. What's up? Yeah, so I have an opportunity on the table where I can advance my career by taking a new position, and it will include a title change uh, that is better than the one I currently have and a raise. And I'm just wondering, how do you think I should go about approaching my current company and current boss about the opportunity I have on the table and not destroying my relationship with this company and, and the people that I work with? What is your goal? Are you quitting? Yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be leaving and moving to a new company. Yep. Okay, so how how do you maintain relationships when you quit? Is that your question? Yeah, I don't want to ruin it cuz then down the line if I reconnect with them, I don't want them to be like, "Oh, this guy left me. I hate him now." What do you mean reconnect? Like you'd need a job there again? No, but if uh, if they move to a new company and we're still in the same network and then 
I want to reach out. Okay, I got you. Okay, you just want to. You're just saying I want to do this with class. Okay, number one, you can't control someone else's response. All you can do is have your side of the equation with class. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, if they're short-sighted and angry or whatever, then they're just going to be that. You can't keep them from being that. But when someone leaves Ramsey, if they come in and go, gosh, our time here was incredible. Uh, you know, we, we love being here. We're going to miss all you guys. Um, I hate leaving. It's one of the best places I've ever been. Uh, but, uh, here's my two week notice. Cause I got a $50,000 raise and a title change and I, I got to go that way. But man, it's been, it's been awesome working with you guys. I mean, then we don't get mad. We don't, we don't, you. we, don't, Say, we don't, we don't shun you in the future. If you do that, if you come in and give us a double fingered, uh, a, du- a double-fisted middle finger and go, I'm out of here in an hour. And you then pe- you go you trash pe- the employer. You people suck, and then everywhere you go, you talk negatively about your time here. Then guess what? Then we're not going to be friends. Hello. Well, no kidding, right? Uh, so, But but we, we're good friends with a lot of people that used to work here, and that's both on them and on us, right? Does that make sense? Awesome. Is that what you're talking about, Tanner? I mean, am I, am I missing something or – no, no, you nailed it right on the head, I guess. Do you have um, this job offer? I mean, like, well, you, everything you have the contract? Yeah, we're actually negotiating salaries right now. Okay. I just um, wanted to, just I've seen it happen where it backfires. You tell your employer, I'm out, the other job didn't land yet, and then you're in a real pickle. And so just be careful as you no. approach that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I already have, uh, we're just in salary negotiations. I've already signed a letter of intent for it there. It's just. Yeah. Now we're nailing down just uh, the X's and O's and everything. So a lot of ethics questions, Tanner, particularly business ethics questions, uh, can be solved by a the simple golden rule that Jesus said, treat other people like you'd want to be treated. Pretend like you had someone working for you. How would you want them to leave? I mean, with a smile? Yeah, I, mean, I would want them to, yeah, smile and then approach me and say, hey, I have this opportunity. Don't want to leave you like high and dry so yeah it's, yeah it's you know a lot of gratitude for the time we had together and um gosh if any i can ever help you or serve you in the future and be your friend i want to do that and thank you for all the good that we got to do together and the work we did and lots of gratitude and um you know all that kind of stuff so the, the, that if you do all that then that'll help you with i always just reverse the, the moccasins and walk in the other guys for a few minutes and that helps me know what to do mm. Book launch day today for George Camel. The new book, Breaking Free from Broke, is out. It's officially in the wild. George is my co-host today, Ramsey personality, big-time YouTube star, and now uh, hopefully best-selling author. So check it out. Love that. And Dave, you were on an episode on my YouTube channel of Millionaires and Cars Getting Coffee, and it has blown up. It's the number one oh, video on our channel. posted it? We posted it. I was a you little, thought that I was, was just a, for us? I was a little worried about that. It was so I start with, I was worried that I was riding in a Tesla, but... That was the best part. We talked about how you've been skydiving, you've done some risky things, and yet you were most freaked out about just riding around I was afraid this. I was going to burn up. I mean, those things catch on fire. I need to get you a shirt that says, I survived George's Tesla. I survived a Tesla That was fun. Ride. Yeah, but that... you took us very kindly over to, to your barn. That was fun. And you gave us a little tour, and you made me some coffee, and we had a great chat about building wealth and how you're spending your money this year. And so if you want to go check it out, it's on my YouTube channel. 
had to get the coffee maker working, but that was the toughest part. Fancy coffee makers are hard to run, man. Back I mean, in my like, day, you just had the old bun glass coffee, the you know, bun, pot. The bun, the Mister Coffee, the Mister Coffee. There we go. Simpler times. Yeah. Uh, all right, Keisha is with us in Atlanta. Hi, Keisha. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? So, uh, my husband and I got married uh, about four months ago. Congratulations. And, uh, Thank you. We're both very excited about it. <laughs> so we've begun the process of um, combining money, but I think we've semi-combined it. And we have some money things about to happen, and I just have questions on on how to move forward as far as money is concerned. Like what? What's your question? Sure. So um, we own two homes. I own a home. He owns a home. And um, he has a tenant currently, but his home needs some work. Um, More money than we can afford uh, to put into the home to get what market value calls for it. So uh, he's made the decision to go ahead and sell the home. Um, I make probably 80 to 90 a year, and he's making about 60, 65 a year. Um, I also have a business, a seasonal business that brings in some, some income. And so my income, my seasonal business, his equity, his income, do we throw it all into the same pot or do I keep my business separate? How does that work? Okay. The couples that we see that have the best quality marriage and the highest probability of building wealth combine everything. There's no yours and mine at all. It's all we. You become French. We, we. Got it. Okay. Got it. So it's we, we now own two houses. One he used to live in and one I used to live in. The one he used to live in, we are thinking we should sell it, but it needs some repairs. And so we're trying to figure out what to do with that. I run a business. How do I do that? How do I combine the income from that business into our new household? You hear my pronouns changing? Yeah. There's no more yours and mine. It's all we and our. Yeah. So we've jo- we've created a joint account. We have a joint account that we just opened. Um, but we also have our separate accounts that our income gets put into. No reason. They that- should all go in the oh. same account. Gotcha. Gotcha. I- it I forces you, it forces you to combine your dreams. Mm-hmm. And when you combine your dreams and you combine your fears, you start to have that. Now, George, you and Whitney have been married how long? Five plus years now. So you guys went through this because you were both young professionals with your own everything before you got married, right? We, we have it so simple that it's H- How stupid. did you combine it, though? I had my checking account, and I made that a joint checking account, added her to it. She closed hers, and now we have a joint checking and a joint savings. That's it. That's it. That's it. And so you can do the same with you have a business checking. That's yeah, why you keep your have. business. You have a business operating account, but when you yeah. take money out of the business called profit or income, and it quote comes home, then it goes into the joint account and it's part of our income. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess you know any expenses, well, personal expenses like hair, nails, whatever, it just comes out of that account. The two of you together. Talk about your budget before the month begins. We lay out what we are going to spend our money on. And since he's newly married, he's very smart. And he's going to include hair and nails in our budget. Yeah. 
I think and, and all that makes sense. And I think one of our both both biggest fears is that we both have children of our own. My son, um, his father has passed away years ago. And so his care um, has always been top of mind for me. And it's scary to let his financial care just leave my grasp alone, you know. How old is your son? He's now 19 in college. And so he's still being financially cared for throughout time. But your new husband married into that. He knew that you had this on your heart, that that you wanted to continue to give your 19-year-old some support until he launches into manhood, right? Correct. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we can do that. Yeah. You know, if if Sharon and I had that situation, um, you know, I know when I'm marrying into that, that this lady has this son and part of her life and to for her to not support him is not going to be okay for right. a while. I mean, we don't want to support him until he's 29, but I mean, but, but we want, we want to make sure he gets out there and gets, gets a good start. Right. Right. Exactly. And vice versa for his daughter. Exactly. So just streamline this. You got one checking, one savings. Now we can make as many line items in the budget as we want. And yeah. there's just full transparency and accountability for those items. Yeah. We have agreed to take care of his daughter and your son. Because mm-hmm. it's something that we are concerned about. And if he's not concerned about that, about the 19-year-old, and you're not concerned about his daughter, y'all shouldn't have gotten married. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, I don't think that's the issue. I, think I it's don't think it is either. Right? That's what I mean. No. Yeah, I mean, because no. it, it all comes with a package. You don't get to set these things off to the side in a silo. They're all wrapped together whether you want them to be together or not. And so that that's why the... You know, the marriage vows in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer. And the old marriage vows in the Book of Common Prayer said, unto thee all my worldly goods I pledge. Mm, I like that. That's old school. But I, but you know what? The, the current data confirms that that is the best route relationally and as a probability for wealth building. It's amazing what happens when you have shared goals, shared dreams, shared vision, shared bank accounts. Shared fears shared fears, and you put it all out there. What most people do, Dave, is they brush it under the rug, they keep separate accounts because it will avoid conflict, which really just means I'm going to have resentment later. Oh, it also means, it also means I basically have a secret. Exactly. I'm, you know, I have a part of my life that is not... That I'm not willing to this, share. That, I, that is not open to, to my spouse. Ooh, danger, 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 danger. That's what most culture tells you, Dave. You got to have five bank accounts, and he's got to have his and hers. No, have a one budget, and she can have a line item for hair care and nails, and he can have a line item for fun money there. Yeah. But that transparency is what causes marriages to succeed. Well, that that culture that's giving that bad advice is the one where 52% of the marriages end in divorce, and they're the ones that stand slack-jawed and look at me with their mouth open and go, you've been married 42 years? What's the secret to a What's successful marriage? What's your secret? Yeah, well, there it is, buddy. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like it's, so, yeah, what the culture... You know, that's like, you know, saying the culture believes nutrition. Who cares about this? What this culture believes about nutrition? This culture is obese. Who wants to, who cares about what this, you know, this culture says about money. This culture is broke. You don't want to be normal. Nobody wants to be normal. That's a great question, Keisha. Thank you for calling in with that and your sweet spirit on the way you're approaching You know, I want to give Keisha a gift. Can we give her Financial Peace University and our Every Dollar Budgeting app to help them get on this plan together? I think we can. We did it. That's our a light wedding gift. I like that. There we go. We, we didn't get invited to the wedding, but you'll get a gift a gift anyways, Keisha. So hang on the line. Austin will pick up. We'll gift you Financial Peace University. Watch all nine lessons with your spouse and work on that budget together. 
Georgia, if she had only known, she would have invited you. I'm sure. I've gotten invited before. It's very kind, but I go, I'm not traveling to Boise. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe next time. This is The Ramsey Show. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. There are a lot of things you need to remember when the weather gets cold. Thankfully, Neighborly has a free winter maintenance checklist that can help save you time and hassle. Check it out at neighborly.com slash Ramsey, neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Jenny in Alabama. I'm new to the baby steps and really want to get on board, but my husband is reluctant to do them. A couple of years ago, we ran a restaurant and made really good money. Lifestyle creep set in, and we now have almost $58,000 in debt on a car, four-wheelers, credit card, and home equity loan. We currently only have one income, which is mine, bringing in around $3,600 a month. I want to become debt-free, but my husband considers our debts to be normal expenses. How do I go about doing the baby steps without the support of my husband? Can't. Got to get the support of the husband. You didn't sign up for the solo trip. You're married. You start acting like it. And uh, I think we both need to own the decisions we've made, and you need to have a hard conversation with him. And I don't know what he's doing. You said you have the only income. I don't know if he's staying at home or what the heck's going on, but we need more income coming in to clean up this mess and probably need to sell everything we can, including those four-wheelers. Yeah. The um, But I think the, the core issue here is uh, – that, that you can't be the only adult in the relationship. And so the both of you, you know, if my wife comes to me and says, this matters to me, I need you to put the phone down, turn off the TV and listen. Well, I do not because I'm a wuss, but because I love my wife. And, uh, and if something really matters to her, even if I don't get it, I'm, you know, gonna, I'm going to listen to her and think about what it is she's saying and give her a hearing on that. Um, and so, uh, basically it's not the baby steps that matter. It's the two of you deciding to plan to have a future and not be in denial about your situation. And so it's not about Ramsey or about every dollar or about baby steps. It's about, you know, we need to do something different because where we are sucks. And uh, we need to be in a different situation. I think you two need to have that discussion. And if he won't come around on that, you got husband problems. You haven't got financial problems at that point um, or wife problems or whatever it is you people are facing out there, right? Whoever it is that's listening to this that has a, in a similar situation. So, uh, But don't use Ramsey or the baby steps or anything else to beat him over the head. This is the thing where the two of you, honey, I'm scared. $3,600 worth of income, all this debt, it may feel normal to you. I'm terrified, and I'm requiring that we do something about this. One thing we could do is look at this Ramsey stuff, but I'm requ- I'm not okay. I'm laying awake at night. I'm freaking out. I'm scared. You should be. You got $3,600 a month in income and all these bills going out. And he's right. This debt is normal. But normal in America sucks. You don't want to be normal. Normal is on the edge of bankruptcy and looking good, owning a bunch of crap you can't afford with money you don't have to impress people you don't even really like. That's normal. Who the crap wants to be normal? Mm. He sounds like a, a 
kid that got too many toys, and he's just happy with his toys, and says, well, this is normal. We're just going to have fun. Well, the fun is over. You're well, not having fun anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's it, the math quit working here, boys and girls. I mean, $3,600. Oh, and she, said, she admitted lifestyle creep set in, and that's most people. They think, well, Dave, if I just made more money, we, did, we wouldn't have yeah, any but it's problems. it's also back when he worked. Apparently, he's not working. Right? Did I get that right? Yeah. My husband. So we currently only have one income, which is yeah. mine. So why, so. Is he, why is he not working? What happened? You know, I mean, there's that. So, I mean, yeah, we need to create some more income, and we need to clean up the dadgum messes that we've made, either sell these things or get them paid off. And no, yeah, debt is normal, but I, it's not okay. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be in debt. I don't want to live like this. And so this, you know, this is going to change. And, um, you know, this is a, a marital discussion that you've got to have. But there is not a method. I've been doing this 30 years. I have never figured out a way that. Um, Drag a spouse into it. That you can get us, you, you can, you know, go do this by yourself and hope they come along. We've never seen a debt-free screen where they went, well, Dave, really, I did this on my own because they didn't want to do it. Every single time it said we got on this plan together. Being on the same goals. page. They say that all the time. Being on the same page. We work the budget together. They say it every time. Now, it's not unusual for one to be more gung-ho about it. More and, you know, have more of the initiative. But, you know, how can I go about doing the baby steps without the support of my husband? You really can't. You really can't. Because you really can't do hardly anything in your life when you're married without the support of your spouse. It's like trying to run a marathon with chains on. Yeah. How, how can I go get a four-year degree without you? You could probably, you know, but it's hard. It's, it's dadgum near impossible. It'll destroy the relationship or what's left of it. That's for sure. To go uphill. A lot of resentment. Williams in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi, William. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Okay, so here in probably the next month or two, I will be going into the Navy and hopefully receiving a sum of money that I am not accustomed to. And I was wondering if I should save all of the money I make in the Navy since I'll be living with little to no expenses or if it would be better invested somewhere else. So how much money are we talking here? Uh, about $75,000. Wow. Good for you, and thank you for your service. Thank you. So how much money do you currently have? Uh, currently, I have in savings around $6,000. Okay. And what does this look like over the next few years? Is there an end of the contract, or what's next for you after this? Uh, well, it is a career that the Navy can carry me through until retirement, but I can also leave the Navy and make a lot of money working other places for what I'm going in for. Okay. The reason I ask is because if you have a long time horizon, investing this money is wise. But if you're going to need this money in two, three, four years, it's going to be better off sitting in a high-yield savings account ready to work for you uh, when you need it. So if you don't have any future goals like that, it could be okay to invest a portion of that. And, okay. and, and I would label the investment or wherever you put the money, the savings account, I would give it a name. Okay. This is my house fund. I'm saving up to pay cash for a house, or this is my, uh, I want to be a millionaire fund or give it a name. Of something. Every dollar ought to have an assignment. You know what I'm saying? Because if you just kind of lay it there and it has savings on it, then that, that means you can use it for anything, including something stupid. Okay. So I would give it a, I would give it a, uh, an inspirational name that, that causes you to stay, 
you know, I can't use that. That's my money for my house. I can't use that. That's my money for my whatever. And it keeps you from going and buying, you know, something silly with it. Um, but uh, and I think you also, uh, let me tell you, I, I always think people ought to do three things with money and at different stages of life would be how you weight the three things, but you should be generous with some of the money. You should invest some of the money and you should enjoy some of the money. So I wouldn't put a hundred percent in savings or investments. Uh, I would, I would put some, I would, after generosity and enjoyment, I might put the bulk of it in investments that you might weight it very heavily towards that, but pull some money out for enjoyment. You're in the Navy. You're going to be working really hard and you're going to be doing some wild, wonderful things out there. And, um, you know, so get some, have, have some enjoyment. The problem is most people, that's their only thing. They, all they do is just burn. Spend a hundred percent on spending. Yeah. So, uh, and a lot of your buddies are going to be doing some really, your new friends are going to be doing some really stupid things with money. Uh, so you don't want to emulate them, but, uh, but you ought to very intentionally have this much for fun, this much for generosity, the rest of it, the big bulk of it going into saving your investment and give that saving your investment a name. And that keeps your hands off of it, keeps you from being tempted to buy something silly. It helps you avoid paralysis analysis, too, when you have exactly, you've kind of divvied it out already. Yeah. Pre-decided what you're going to do with money. Yeah, which is really good, which means they're really wise to ask this question the way you did before the money starts coming in, because this is your first big paycheck that you're going to ever have. Way to go, William. Keep it up, man. This is The Ramsey Show.